Hey guys, welcome to Stock Talk. As always, it's Trevor Kirkpatrick alongside Corey Edge. Today we have our good buddy Seth Keplinger in with us to talk pigs once again. Uh, We are getting other species in here, don't worry, but we know a lot of pig people. Sure do. (laughs) So Timing uh, worked out too. Yeah, it worked out really well. He was right down the road from there, so we... uh, Went down to his place and uh, chatted with him about uh, his operation, uh, his kids, and uh, a few other things. So pretty good conversation. But uh, I, uh, I've always, I mean, I've known Seth for for quite a while now, and it's it's been pretty funny. One of my favorite segments in this episode, Corey, is uh, when uh, we were mistaken for each other. Sometimes we go to the state <laughs> fair or whatever, and he kind of explained a little bit of that. But I sent him the word doppelgangers. I said, "Hey, I'd like to talk about how we're doppelgangers." He's like, "Yeah, I had to had to research that word, see what it meant." So <laughs> it happens to the best of us. Trust me. Uh, oh yeah. So so Kirky, big things going on. Speaking of you know the pig world, big things happening. Um, the you know National Pork Producers Council uh, announced, um, gosh, what is it? A week ago, Monday, that uh, World Pork Expo is going to be canceled this year. Yeah, the trade show, however, is canceled. The pig show will live on, rather it be at the Iowa Pork or at the Iowa State Fairgrounds or at a different location. Uh, still yet to be decided. <laughs> the show must go on. But yeah, I mean they uh the NSR sent out a video there on Facebook and social media that uh that did say, you know, they are going to have a show uh with the scare of the African swine fever. Um the trade show of the World Pork Expo has been canceled. Um so big breaking news there. Uh, a lot of people freaked out. No need to freak out. No Still going to have a big out. show. Yep. Uh but you know, international travel is probably not the best for the swine industry right now. Correct. So. Hey, I would like to point out that I mentioned in my power washing proverb a few weeks ago that we should be worried about African swine fever. And here we are worried about African swine fever. I thought it was a great move. I mean, yeah, honestly. I think I think more people would have questioned, you know, the MPPC if they didn't cancel it. You know, and and run the risk of you know, and, and I think it was just smart on their part, and and you know, regardless of what the the NSR and NJSA have to do, um, it's better for everybody that that it happened this way, and it's not the mm-hmm. first time that the World Pork Expo has has also you know, nixed the trade show and and the travel and everything too, so. Yeah, I mean, the thing is that there has not been a case of the African swine fever, knock on wood, but uh, uh, in the United States. So we're we're clean here in terms of the African swine fever. So there is a huge risk to take international travel into one area with live animals. Now, what I've been hearing is, okay, well, you're going to have a live animal show, although that's the source of all of the uh, you know, the, the diseases and all that. Well, yeah, we're clean here. We don't have the African swine fever. Exactly. So ain't nobody uh, from know. China showing red waddles at the world pork expo. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. So, uh, but Hey, speaking of world pork expo, uh, our show is going to live on too. We will be there no matter where it's at. Correct. Uh, we're going to be set up with our buddies, Walton webcasting. Uh, they're, 
They're our good friends, as as you know. Uh, they are one of our huge sponsors, and uh, they are one of the reasons why uh, we run so efficiently. So make sure you go check them out, guys. Um, I don't know if you saw Corey on social media. They had uh, a young kid on there who is uh, he shows his hogs uh, in a walker and does a tremendous job at it. Has the best personality you could ask for and a very good sport when it comes to you know he doesn't let anything get him down so that's one of those cool segments that uh there at stock center that the walton webcasting crew is doing is just kind of sharing the positive aspects of of some of these kids and the struggles they go through but it really doesn't let them get them down so another awesome thing that our buddies there at uh, walton webcasting are doing yeah it's so unique that they have the opportunity to do that because there's some things that there's some stories and things that we talk about here on the podcast that, you know, we just can't fully grasp, uh, you know, somebody's attention and Walton can do that with video. I mean, to, to see that family and how they interact with each other and support one another is just something that is so unique to our industry. And not a lot of people have, uh, the opportunity to do that. And so that's, what's so great about Walton is they've got, these tools and these resources to go out and, and capture some of the biggest moments in video and, and, and live and um, you know, all the things that they're offering from, from an online webcasting and video production standpoint uh, there's nobody else out there that could do what they're doing. So very, very thankful for folks at Walton. Yeah. And don't forget, it's not an exclusive deal with them. They, they're more than willing, I would assume, to, uh, reach out to you guys. If you reach out to them and do some video productions of your own right, right there yeah. on your farm or whatever, it's the next level. I mean, if you want to jump into a whole nother aspect of this industry, that's the way to do it with Walton Webcasting. I mean, obviously the best graphics you can ask for. If you get on Stock Center News and kind of keep up with the current uh, news there, uh, we, we are very, very happy with what they've done with, uh, with our, with our deal there on our, the segment that we have. So, um, but that's the first time. If you don't know what's going to happen on, on the Stock Talk, you can get on there and that is the first place you will find who's going to be on the, the episode before. Or if you missed it, you can go in their archives and, and catch who was in the episode before. So, uh, pretty unique thing there. But, uh, Corey, we have a contest going on right now that people need to be interactive with. We do. And we've gotten some really good stuff. And so, honestly, people better step up their game because uh, there's been some really good ones already submitted. But we still have the T-shirt contest going on. And next Wednesday is it. That is the last day that you could submit ideas. We're shutting it down. And then Trevor and I will put our, put our brains together and decide which one we like the best. Uh, because... As we continue to grow and evolve this thing, we want to be able to have a merchandise store to where you guys can, you know, find your find your favorite uh, graphic T-shirts and um, stock talk apparel. So it's going to be big, I think, as we continue to down this path. Yeah, seven days left in the contest, guys. So uh, be submitting those. Like, of course, it has some awesome ones right now, but. Uh, but yeah, be also on the lookout. We are uh, in the process of designing our own T-shirts for uh, the Stock Talk deal that you guys can purchase. So uh, we may be throwing out a pre-order sheet here on social media pretty quick. So be on the lookout for that. But uh, these are going to look pretty awesome from what uh, we've kind of mocked up there, Corey. So mm-hmm. I'm I'm pumped to see what kind of graphic we can add to that merchandise store that we're developing. So I agree. Uh, and just so you listeners know, there could be something in it for you. If uh, oh, you, there will be. Yeah. So just keep on the lookout. Follow us on on all of our social medias as we 
as we love to say. Absolutely. Well, guys, uh, we won't hold you up anymore. You guys are uh, been awesome. Like Corey always says, we couldn't do it without you. This is your podcast, after all. Uh, we take a bunch of your ideas and thoughts, and we incorporate it into this podcast. So it's been an incredible ride so far. And to add to that incredibleness is our buddy, Seth Keplinger. So please help me welcome Mr. Seth Keplinger. It's uh, it's going to be fun. Corey, he says he's an avid listener. So, hey, hey. at least we have a fan to talk to. Yes. <laughs> it, seems, it, it does seem like we have quite the quite the volume of listeners from Ohio. So, Seth, this could be good for the business, too. Yeah, yes, there you go. <laughs> In fact, the other day I was on the phone with Nate Warner, and he said, uh, I, n- I never thought I would tune in to listen to somebody talk about livestock, you know. Yeah, um, yeah. Well, so, I mean, it is it is a neat, neat deal that uh, you guys are doing this for sure. Oh, I appreciate, appreciate it. it. Um, so if you wouldn't mind, Seth, just running us through your operation here and the, how many sows and the scope and size of the operation and such. Yeah, right now we are right about uh, 80 sows. Um, okay. So we're kind of predominantly crossbreds. Um, we got a few Hampshires, um, probably about seven or eight Durocs. Um, that's kind of Eli's deal. Yeah. And then we got oh, five, six Yorkshires, and we do now have a couple Chesters. So, oh, getting into Chester, Chester business. Chester business. Good um, deal. So what you're saying is you're, you're not busy at all? No, <laughs> not busy at all. My wife would tell you that uh, I know when we got married five years ago, I had seven sows. Wow. Whoa. And, uh, you know, now, you know, she said, you know, you're farrowing seven a day uh, there in January. And I said, yeah, it's just, it's kind of. I guess what uh, we thought was going to be a hobby is kind of turned more into a into a profession for sure. Yeah. So this is your full time gig. Full time gig. Awesome. Full time gig. Well, I guess if with eighty something sales, it would take a full time man. Yes. So. So yes, and that's uh, that's kind of what we got uh, here on the farm. So with with eighty sales and growing in five years, it, it it's funny you bring that up the the amount of growth you've had because. Trevor and I talked back uh, with Adam Beck a while ago, and in his episode, he mentions, uh, you know, just kind of his story and how his wife uh, was was like kind of all in when he decided that that's what they wanted to do. So what did it take from your wife? I mean, you know, you know obviously, I would hope that you get to write the checks uh, <laughs> uh, with that kind of a, you know, hobby turned profession. But what are you? What did what was your relationship like with the wife as you grew that quick? I mean, was she super all in on it, or she's like you're nuts, but go for it? Um, I would say uh, she's she's probably uh, not super all in. <laughs> if I had to just be honest, uh, we're gonna try to be as honest as we can on here today. Um, I know at the same time though, she knew that this was always kind of a, a dream of mine. Uh, she's a school teacher. In fact, I went to college and, and that's what I went to college for is my degree is in education. So, huh. um, I know not a lot of people know that, but, uh, I did do that for two years. Um, hats off to anybody that teaches cause very underpaid profession in my opinion. Um, mm-hmm. not that I was, uh, unhappy, but I wasn't happy doing, mm-hmm. d- doing that. So I kind of thought, well, you know, this pig thing, it, it was, uh, it was going good. And I thought, man, you know, if, if we can capitalize on some things and, and keep growing without, uh, getting, you know, 
overboard there. Um, we, you know, we keep doing it and we've kind of progressed, you know, maybe three years ago we were at, you know, 25, 30 sales yeah. and we've kind of the last couple of years, we've kind of, you know, even ramped up a little bit more and, and added on to facilities and stuff like that. That's why many times, um, you know, we had seven crates there. Oh, you know, five years ago and there's, six years ago and now we're up to 40 crates um in the you know for the sales so that's another thing been a lot of projects we do a lot of the projects ourselves here whether it's electric plumbing um building our own barns i mean that's kind of a family thing there my dad helps out quite a bit um got a couple buddies uh that help out quite a bit so it definitely has uh you know, grown into something, my wife would probably say I'm a little bit nuts, um, <laughs> for sure, on, on that aspect anyways. Seth, you guys uh, are, But she's pretty she's pretty good about it. Yeah, you guys are kind of in Amish country over there, so I'm a little surprised you don't have, have the Amish neighbors helping you out, you know, hoist the barn up. <laughs> yes, yes, yes. It would be handy to uh, have a few of them. we got some, uh, some local guys. <laughs> there you go. That kind of help out, but that's they're about as Amish as I get, I guess. <laughs> That's awesome. So, uh, Corey, before we get too far, there's something that I uh, want to clear up, and I think we need our listeners' help help with this. This is something I haven't even told you yet. Um, so, there has been talk of every show that uh, Seth and I are present at at the same time that we're mistaken as brothers. And uh, I sent him the word doppelganger earlier. So, uh, the the word doppelganger is somebody that looks identical to you, and there is. A lot of people that have come up to me like, hey, Seth, Seth, come here. I'm either walking away from the ring or whatever. And I turn around, they're like, oh, shit, sorry, you're not Seth. <laughs> so, that's, uh, that's one thing that I thought is hilarious. And he actually, before we got on air, said that he had a run-in uh, that was mistake. I never thought that would happen his way, but obviously it would have done with mine. But uh, what were you saying before we jumped on about that state well, fair? Well, I, I had a kid there a couple of years ago that worked for me. And so we're at the state fair and he's, um, he's, he said, you were just over there. How'd you get over here? And I said, Brandon, I've been sitting here. I've been working here the whole time. We're getting these pins set up. He's like, no, I just seen you over there. And I said, no, you didn't. And, uh, <laughs> and Trevor walks by and he's like, ah, oh. you know, he's like, I swear, dude, that's gotta be your brother. I said, Brandon, you know, I'm an only child, so uh, <laughs> I don't have a brother. You've been working for me for a year now. Um, but no, it's been, it's been kind of funny. My wife's made mention before my, my mother-in-law. In fact, I know Trevor did showmanship there a couple of, was it last year? Maybe. Oh yeah. The uh, State Fair. Peewee deal. Yes. Yeah. Yes. And she, she made mention to me. She said, gosh, that Trevor Kirkpatrick looks uh, just like you. And I, you know, you don't, I guess when you're looking at other people, you don't always see that exactly. people look like you, uh, I'm uh, obviously now I got more of a beard instead of my goatee. Yeah. So maybe and speaking of Amish, he looks a little bit more Amish. <laughs> yes. time. But when he's yeah. got the clean cut goatee, like I've got, so here's where the listener help needs to come in. We're going to put a poll up that's open today on Facebook or Instagram, and we need your help. We'll put a picture up there and either just say, yes, we look alike or no, we don't because I think we do. But uh, the, at first I didn't. And the more people said that, I was like, Dang, you know, that yes. may be right. So, but yeah, quick little plug there. <laughs> the Jump side, on the side by side comparison. Yeah, that's what we'll have yes. to do, and just get on that poll that's posted, and uh, you'll you'll have to see for yourself. So, uh, Corey, you want you guys could really use that to your advantage. You know, I mean, you, you show up at the Ohio State Fair, you could freak some people <laughs> yeah. out. Just wear the same clothes, 
and somebody go into one bathroom on one side of the barn, somebody go into the other and just like cross paths and see how many people you freak or out. Or yes. I wonder how many times that Seth can't do a show and I, I dress up as Seth Keplinger. And- <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So, so Seth, super intrigued to know uh, from your perspective what it is. Um, you know, that you do obviously with the rapid growth, um, and, and the kind of the recent champions and, and stuff you guys have going on, getting boars and studs and, and all that kind of deal. What, what are you doing, um, to maybe differentiate, differentiate, oh boy, if I can talk <laughs> today, uh, differentiate yourself from others, um, you know, and helping grow that success and allowing you guys to be as fast paced as you have been. Oh, that's a good question because, you know, you, you don't want to sound, um, you know, I don't know what makes us exactly different. I know there's there's a lot of long hours in this, and, and there's several other guys that uh, I don't know if, you know, they stop working. So I don't know if that makes us uh, much different. I do know that's, that's a big thing. Um, you know, a lot of 15, 16, 17-hour days. Um, that's probably made us get to where we've gotten. Um Another thing is is the biggest thing, and, and not everybody has it, and I always say I'm not one of those guys that's going to tell people, hey, I did all this by myself, and and from the aspect of having help. Um, my my Both my parents have uh, been definitely supportive of me and uh, allowed me to, to do this. Um, you know, my dad, he actually owns the sow farm that we're on, and he's allowed me to, to build my buildings there and uh, allowed that growth where, you know, some people don't have that opportunity. And, uh, you know, to them, I, I'm thankful that they've given me the opportunity to grow from that and to have faith in me. And, you know, I always say when I got started, I was uh, 18, 19 years old, and I went to the Ohio State Fair and about two Yorkshire gilts and about a Hampshire boar from uh, from uh, Genetic Edge there, the Moyer family. Oh, yeah. That's back when they were mm-hmm. – um, slaying it there in the Hampshires. And, and I took my mom along, um, and she's been very, very supportive of this whole deal. Um, helping grow. She's kind of, I never mention her when I go to shows and I always read my bio and they read it. And I mentioned my wife and my two kids and, and my dad, how I do help my dad on the uh, farm there in terms of the, the grain operation. Um, but I never mentioned my mom and she's kind of the glue here. She's our cook. She's our, uh, She's my been my babysitter for both my <laughs> kids, um, and she's always somebody that makes me lunch and has coffee for me at uh, six thirty in the morning. So Man. it, it kind of works out good. And uh, you know, she was a stay at home mom and babysat. And but I mean, those those are things that I think sometimes are a little bit different. And uh, you know, th- them helping us has has been uh, essential, and and having support from my wife, even though sometimes she'd say we got too many, but. Uh, <laughs> Well, I'm pretty sure that's uh, common amongst others. Yes, too, yes. So. Well, like we said at Adam Beck's episode, he was almost late to the baby delivery because he was at, at the farm and then had to pick up feed right afterwards. Yes, yes. So. I did listen to that. What did he say? He had to pick up a couple ton or yeah. something? Yes, yes. Yeah. So, no, we had Claire in September. Collecting it, was, it was almost perfect. We had her in, in September last year or two years ago. It'll be two years in September, and it was uh, – you know, September's a little bit of a of a downtime of September sixth, so maybe we had just started breeding a couple sows, but uh, it was kind of perfect timing, I guess. And it, it necessarily wouldn't. My wife is somebody that likes to have everything. I'm a little bit more chaotic. I sometimes <laughs> I feel like I work better in chaos than yeah. I do if it's uh, 
outlined like uh, this outline we got here in front of me. So. Yeah, well, I mean, speaking of, of kids, we'll kind of jump down through the outline, I guess. But uh, since we're on the topic, I am uh, in all of your son when he gets in the ring and has no fear of what's around him. Uh, he, uh, Eli, is one that just jumps in. Uh, for those of you who don't know, uh, he's how old? 12. He's 12 years old and has a pretty good eye for when it comes to pigs. And uh, there was a jackpot show you did there, I think, during the winter or maybe yes. this, well, this past winter. So uh, I usually don't stop and watch. But uh, he dropped on the mic and he said what he needed to say. And it was right on. And and uh, that was a very cool interaction. So I guess the question to line up for you is I, I often go to families' houses where you know, they're over playing with uh, friends across the road instead of messing with the pigs. Uh, and they're like, well, I, we're hoping that you can say something to get them more involved in the show pig deal. And to me, you really can't force that. It's no. got to be something that they have to enjoy and they have to learn. So it, what happened or is there a way that you got him so involved in this that he wants to do more and more with it? Yeah, that's what I, I was asking my wife when I looked over this. I, I asked her, I said, uh, what, what do you think, you know? what do you think I did to make Eli more involved? And, and Eli's always been, um, loves animals. It doesn't matter. And Eli's a very passionate person. So whatever he wants to do, he wants, he wants to be the best at it. I mean, whether it's hunting, fishing, it doesn't matter what we're playing. If he's playing football, he wants to be the best linebacker. He wants to Mm -hmm. be the best running back. It doesn't matter. And, and I think he's got other interests for sure. Um, but the, the pigs thing is, is one thing that he's been interested in. And I've taken him being, you know, Eli, uh, I had Eli when I was 19. So, you know, maybe wasn't exactly, um, you know, 19, I don't know if you're exactly just the perfect parent, Yeah, (laughs) but, uh, I think taking him with me everywhere and always having him involved with, uh, adults and not being he's never been nervous really i mean you know when he got on the mic there um you could maybe hear that first sentence there's a little crap on his voice but after that i mean he knows his opinion um i always say you know eli's he's very proud of him but uh, he does push me sometimes whether it's (laughs) you know he pushes the buttons for sure um because he does have a strong opinion whether it's uh right or wrong so yeah, yeah, Dad, you're wrong. <laughs> yeah, yes, yes. Well, the other day he comes home and uh, we had to sign off on a on a uh, thing there to be in gifted debate at school. And I said, "What is gifted debate? That sounds just like somebody that's <laughs> you must argue a lot because yeah. uh, well, how how did you get in gifted debate? So, but that's <laughs> well, him. You got to be good at it. Yes. I mean, if he wants to be best at everything, there's something that uh, I think he'll be good at. Yes. So. No, that's something I always think about because, uh, you know, I help out a lot of families, as I mentioned many times, but you really, the kids got to enjoy it. Yes, they got to enjoy it. And, you know, I I fully understand. I'm not a parent myself, but I can only imagine if you love it and you really want to do it every day, you want your kids to do it every day. I understand where where you're coming from, but they really got to appreciate it for themselves. Yes, yes. And they got to see that because there are some kids that don't have that, um, you know, other breeders and stuff like that is, and it's not a bad thing. Um, just some kids don't, you know, they want to do something else. Yeah. They want to play sports um, and stuff like that. And I think, you know, it's whatever they had. I don't know if, if Eli's just because he kind of grew, you know, we started this in 06 and he was born in 06. 
Right. And that's I don't always know known. that's always kind of known. And, and, uh, you know, coming up with, with us through, through all that stuff, he's, he's always enjoyed it. You know, I took him to the Farron house when he was, you know, 14 months old. And, you know, I, there again, I don't know if that's a great thing. <laughs> when you got your kids sitting in the crate and your sales Farron. Yeah. Um, but I mean, I, I don't know if that's what caused the love for him to do it. Um, but he does, he does thoroughly enjoy it. I don't have to really get on him ever too much. Mm-hmm. I mean, sometimes the other day we had our online sale and we did those choice lots and, and it was about 58 degrees out. Wind was kind of blowing, but the sun was out and, uh, he brings out his light cross bear out through the yard, trying to walk him, break him. <laughs> and I said, Eli, him away. <laughs> what, 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 why? I said, Hey, it's 58 degrees. Wind's blowing up. Hey, I appreciate you wanting to get out here and get after it, but hey, we don't need these things sick. There's people <laughs> picking up pigs. Let's uh, let's put him away. And he did go in there and end up brushing on him a little bit. But I said, hey, you know, sometimes Eli's a little bit. Uh, he's good, but he's a little much sometimes. Yeah. So it, uh, well, the the success he's had in early age is not a mistake. He he uh, really works at it, and you can tell he, he loves to do it. So, uh, but no, that's something I I thought of when we were wanting to meet with you that. Uh, you know, you can't have the conversation without the little dude. Yes, so. yes, yes. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I've been thoroughly impressed just watching and, and you know, because some of those uh, some of those kids that have the opportunity to step in the ring with their with their dad or mom or, or whoever it is when they're out judging, um, some of them get a little gun shy. And, and it was funny because I actually made it over to Ohio for one of the I think one of the last weekends of the of the winter uh, points circuit. And you know, uh, mock had his little girl in and while they were judging and, and just really cool to watch the interaction between, uh, those two, but then to have, you know, a younger kid get on the mic and start talking. It's, it's kind of cool to see the, the passion that they, they can have from it and growing up in the deal certainly helps no question. So do you, uh, do you have any, does Eli have any plans to go judge somewhere? You know, we, we've talked about, he's kind of talked about that. And a few guys that have been here have, have talked, you know, said, Hey, maybe, you know, that's what you need to go do. And, and I, I think he would want to go do it. Uh, there again, I don't want to just push it on him, uh, right. you know, too hard. Um, he's talked like he's wanted to go to school and judge. And, you know, that's something looking back, um, that, that I kind of wish sometimes that I would have done. Um, but it, it felt like when I was coming out, there just wasn't, this livestock thing wasn't just as big yet. Oh yeah. And and in Mm. in Ohio, I know Trevor went and did it and Mike went and did it. And I'm kind of in between that uh, generation gap there. And, you know, that was something I wanted to do. And, and, you know, there was just several people that were like, ah, that's just, you know, your dad's got to do it or you're, you know, you got to kind of be born into it. And I, and I don't, I don't necessarily agree with that. Um, and, you know, I think that's a great thing to get these kids involved in is to have them at a school and and to learn and, you know, learn different things, how to get up in front of people, speak. I think that's a big thing, mm-hmm. um, especially mm-hmm. with him. You know, I told people whether whether he ever judges a, a stock show when he's an adult, um, I don't know. But I think it'll help him whether he becomes a doctor, lawyer. Right. Um, yeah. It, you know, if he's a business owner or whatever he wants to do. Um, it'll only help him to not be scared to get in front of people because it is a perfect example. And, and, uh, this winter I didn't know he could sing and, uh, they had a school play <laughs> and there was, uh, I don't know, 700,000 people there. And, uh, 
he told me, he said, Hey, I got the, I got one of the lead roles and I'm going to sing at the, at the play. And I said, and this was about three days prior. And I said, what? You know, I'm just, <laughs> you sure? I said, okay, whatever. So I said, I'll be there to watch. And uh, he got up in front of all those people and sang. And I thought, heck, I never knew he could sing. I did not that he's going to be the next John legend or yeah. whoever, but I thought, well, let's, you know, I I'm guessing hopefully being able to get up in front of people and I've allowed him to talk in front of people. It's only helped him. Yeah. Exactly. Um, you know, not be scared of that because there is some kids and, and I've talked to um, some dads there when I've judged shows and they said, you know, some of these kids, I know at the Indiana State Fair, when me and AJ Ginner did that, uh, AJ had the kids go around on the mic and tell where they're from mm-hmm. and you know, how many mm-hmm. years they've been showing. And some of those kids have, have won lots of shows and, but they were so nervous to get up there right. in front of those people. And, you, and I thought to myself, like some of them kids, like, man, you guys have won majors and, and, you know, NJSA shows, you've won the state fair, but you don't realize that, you know, that, you know, they go in there and they do their thing and it's like an interview yeah. and you get a little bit more nervous. So that's one thing I've tried to, to make Eli's, um, you know, be confident and be able to get up there. Sometimes he's maybe too confident. But, uh, <laughs> <laughs> that's something we, we I mean, I would say if he's, yeah, if he's singing in front of people, that, that would take a lot of confidence. For me, I mean, yes. I would probably do some. I would do some terrible things to to get the talent to sing. Like honestly, I I would love to be able to do that and have that as a talent. Yes, uh, Corey and I tried it once at the Aggie Idol. <laughs> uh, we did. We, we did to, try we that. To bring that up one time, but uh, we we uh, we didn't even lip sync. It was a real sing. Uh, it just happened to be uh, Bohemian Rhapsody. Yes, and uh, <laughs> and and boy oh boy, did it require some some sponsorship by Bush Light to get us on stage. <laughs> <laughs> the power of alcohol. <clears throat> oh man. Let's switch gears a little bit. We, if you've heard it before, social smash. You are really dumb. You're so stupid and dumb. <laughs> Do you even have a brain in your stupid head? I don't think that you do. There you go. That's the theme song. <laughs> for, the, uh, for the biggest pet peeve, right? Yeah, it can be online. It can be uh, at a show, whatever. But uh, we've got a submission that we'll read after yours. Okay. So you want me to tell you what my biggest pet peeve is? That's right. All right. And I see, uh, man, I, I'm not a person that's probably just lets a lot of things bother me. Um, I think my biggest pet peeve on social media is probably kind of airing out dirty laundry on Facebook. <laughs> you know what I mean? I mean, it, it, and the thing is when they're parents, kids, I can kind of get it when you're 17 to 21 years old, you want to say, you want to voice your opinion. Hey, that's fine. But when you've got kids involved and, you know, things like that, I, you know, you start, you start adding different people in there and uh, kind of putting your dirty laundry out there on Facebook for everybody to see or, or social media or Snapchat or whatever it is. Right. Um, that, that kind of bothers me a little bit, just more from the kids' standpoint, yeah. like, Hey, you guys, at the end of the day have kids, you don't need to be <laughs> telling, you know, why you're getting a divorce or, yeah. or, or anything <laughs> like that. I was going to say this, this extends well beyond the realm of livestock yes. too. Yeah. <laughs> like, and, you know, the, the, on the livestock thing, you know, I don't know, you know, I get on there and, and there's people arguing. I mean, th- this Hampshire thing has, has been something oh, yeah. that has been, very, uh, very debated. And, uh, you know, I kind of, I think it was Joe Eggers the other day I was, I was reading something and there was people 
giving both sides of their opinion and I, I could agree with both sides uh-huh. um, understand what they're what they're trying to get across there and Joe Eggers had a I don't know if it's a meme or whatever it is popped up on the thing and it was a guy eating popcorn and that, I mean that's exactly <laughs> what I was thinking. You know, <laughs> yep. I, I think today today's Facebook um, is like the 1990s uh, soap opera yeah you that's, know you grab your popcorn mm-hmm. and get your uh, diet coke and and you know, sit on the and watch. couch and watch it, you know, because there's been several. There's several uh, guys that like to debate on there, call each other out. And it, it's somewhat entertaining, I think. Um, I don't watch it much, but when I'm sitting in bed there at night and my wife's asleep and I'm still awake and I'll just start scrolling through there. And then some of these people, uh, you know, want to put down about, you know, this this Hampshire thing or, or anything, you know, people locking in, whatever. Yeah. I mean, that's the thing. So, um I don't know if all that stuff is oh, it needs qualifies. to be out there. But yeah. yeah. Oh, oh, for sure. Yeah. I mean, to running the risk of embarrassing myself, uh, usually when I have like a little bit of a break for lunch, uh, I find myself in the bathroom and finding my feet going numb reading through some of that stuff. <laughs> yes. yes just I agree. It takes forever to get through. I mean, you just sit there and you start reading and you start reading. You're like, some of that stuff gets pretty detailed and pretty deep. And then somebody posts another thing and you follow it and you just, oh. it gets a little out of hand sometimes, but sir is yeah, entertaining. It is entertaining sure. and, and maybe that's not a pet peeve because sometimes you enjoy reading. All <laughs> yeah. So I, I don't know if I would personally uh, do that kind of stuff. Um, Cause I don't let a lot of things bother me, but yeah, that's, that's well, one thing on social media that uh, is somewhat entertaining, I guess. And still, uh, still a pet peeve. Well, even going back to the kids putting stuff on Facebook. I mean, if you're a teenager and you're putting your dirty laundry out there, and you're trying to get a job soon, there is employers that look at that. Yes. That's honestly one of the first places they go mm-hmm. to look yes, at that stuff, yes, yes. and they don't even think that way. But. Well, the NFL draft is coming up, and uh, here again, when Trevor and me were talking before this segment, is is you know I compare a lot. I love sports, so. Um, if I do have a hobby, it's watching sports. That's what we <laughs> like to do. We like to go to sporting events, and uh, and that's one thing. The NFL drafts coming up, and these kids got to learn, and, and even adults, um, is that people are watching you, and, and some of this stuff that there is said or done will stick with you for a long time. Yeah, if you don't do it right, and. Uh, that's for sure. That's the biggest thing. You you watch some of these guys fall in the draft because they posted something when they were 17, 18 years old. Right. Whether it was racial, yeah. whether it was, you know, um, you know, sexual misconduct or however they wanted to word things, they start dro- dropping in the draft yep. because of what they posted. So, I mean, that, that there is, you know, that's what Eli, he's been getting on me. He wants Snapchat or Instagram or whatever. And I'm like, Eli, no, not till you're. Yeah. Old enough to know what you're going to put on there, because when you're 12, 13 years old, you might put something on there that you shouldn't. So. Right. Exactly. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. That is for sure. So so speaking of our social smash, we, we do have an audience submission that we'd like to get uh, your take on. And, and Trevor and I will chime in, too, a little bit here and there. But but we've actually kind of talked about this one a little bit in the past, but love to get your feedback. So Dustin uh, sent us a Facebook message, and he said he's annoyed with breeders using the term reserve class champion to make second in class sound better. <laughs> yes. Oh, my take on that is um, 
there again. Should I? Should I, I? I feel like I should probably do the Jim Trestle approach and talk in a circle and say, "Well, that's <laughs> that's everybody's opinion," and and uh, you know that's just how they want to put things and to each their own. Um, maybe when I was younger, I could maybe see that. Now that I've gotten older, I mean. Gosh, I don't know. Putting reserve class champion just seems a little bit corny. Yeah. I guess. <laughs> to, to word it uh, the best in, in my ability there. Um, and I understand also if that's your, if that's your most, if that's your highest placing animal yes. that summer, you got to make it sound worthy. Yes. I mean, second but, class, you know, I mean, several of these guys, you go these Texas majors and hey, we got second right. class sale making bear. Hey, that's fine. Yeah. Let right. people know, hey, we had five seconds. And, and that's good. Um, and like Trevor said, I mean, maybe when I was starting out, I, I remember um, we, I think we were reserve division at our county fair. And, and I put that on a flyer the next year. You yeah. Know, now we, we probably don't do that kind of stuff. But uh, when you're first starting out, yeah, I mean, you, you got to make it, uh, make it sound as good as you can. And maybe that's what they got to use is reserve class champ. Yeah. You know, I mean, uh, yeah, I'm not five, I'm not six foot one. So um, I'm five foot eight, so I mean, I'd like to say I'm six one, but uh, I'm right. not. It's kind, of the, <laughs> it's kind of the same deal. But I mean, the way I want to, the way I look at it. Anyways. Yeah, my favorite take on that was when Brent Titus uh, was on like week two or three, and he said, uh, "You know, we all we all want the credit, and we want to, you know, be able to promote ourselves as as much as possible, but." If you're second in class, you're second in class. No, no matter what way you look at it, you're you're getting a red ribbon, right. and it doesn't have anything else besides second in class. So, yeah, that, until they start handing out ribbons, very valid yep. point. Yeah, that says reserve class champion. Yeah, that's true. <laughs> you might as well just say second in class. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I do. I, to, I totally get the the whole Texas major scene or you know OIE or some of these bigger shows, whether it be Kansas City, Louisville, whatever state fair, even. But like if you're if you're second in class, like people around you should ought to know that, that it takes a lot to even get the top five in your class. So I don't know how much extra promotion you need beyond that. But if you feel the need, right. I guess you feel the need. No, and I think sometimes for people, it's just, it's just best to maybe not try to over promote. You know, mm-hmm. and that to me is I think some people probably can over promote a little bit. Um, you know, we probably don't do a, a, as good a job here with, um, I guess, advertisement and stuff like that. Um, we're not the, I'm not the most tech savvy. I mean, if this stuff you guys got sitting on my desk here, that's probably as tech as this <laughs> office is, you know. Um, so, I mean, that's one thing I probably need to be better at. Maybe if Eli comes back someday, he can help with that there kind you of go. stuff. There but, you, yeah. Uh, I'm not real good. Marketing at, director. Yes, marketing director. <laughs> Hey, no, I had to, I had to read the instruction book to learn how to turn this microphone on. So <laughs> yeah. I think I think we're okay. It can get tacky real quick. Uh, but no, and the, I mean, you talk about this operation and uh, some of the things that I've noticed in preparation for this, and I mean, working with McCoys and all that is um, you're no stranger when it comes to putting boards and studs. And uh, my question to you is. How do you go about uh, putting those bores and studs, and and what do you have to do to get noticed by those bore studs? Is it just a, a rubbing elbows? If you see them at a show, say, hey, I've got one back home you might be interested in, or do you be more aggressive with it and and send videos and pictures and and maybe explain some of the bores you've put in yeah. stud? Um, 
you know, early on, I probably did the whole video thing. Mm-hmm. Um, and I, and I got some of those boars moved that way, sent pictures. Um, and then I remember there was one time and anybody that knows me knows I'm superstitious somewhat. There was a boar I liked and, and I put a video on Facebook and I thought he looked good. And then he ends up getting injured right after oh, that God. and didn't end up getting that boar sold. And, and at, since that point, I was kind of like, gosh, I'm just, you know, this was probably eight, nine years ago. I was just kind of like, well, when I, when we think we got one that's unique or has the ability to, to, you know, be accepted, whether they win the class or, or not, um, we'll take them to a show and uh, kind of get them promoted that way. And that's how we've been able to have some of them. Now, some of those others, I, you know, um, couple boards that we've gotten into boar studs is, you know, maybe more word of mouth. Mm-hmm. Um, and sometimes, you know, I'll have some guys that'll, you know, call and say, Hey, I heard so-and-so was in today. Um, said, you got a, you know, boar sired by this and we're kind of interested. Would you like to, you know, what, what do you want to do? And, uh, that's kind of how we've gone about that. You know, there's been a, like you were talking rubbing elbows there. Um, you know, I know last year when we sent a couple of boars to, to Jim and Mike down there, they kind of, Mike had heard about them. And, uh, you know, I told him, I said, yeah, maybe you need to come up and take a look at them. I don't like to, I'm probably not the best at overall just promoting when it comes to that stuff. Cause you, sometimes you might think you got the one mm-hmm. and you go to a show or, or people come out and look and, they don't feel like you got the one. And then, and then, you know, that's a little bit of a humbling uh, feeling, but yet at the same time, you're like, you don't want to ruin that, that thing of where every time you got a boar, you're calling somebody. Right. You mm-hmm. want, it's gotta be the special. Yeah. yeah. I was going to ask, just, like, those, I would imagine those guys get kind of annoyed by, you know, yes. Joe Blow down the road saying he's got a boar prospect and he probably should have been cut a long time ago. <laughs> yes. I mean, that's the thing we, I think now we've, the last four boars that we we've probably taken out of going into a boar stud that's that we've taken out to a show, and that's kind of what we we just don't want to go to every show and take a board every show whether their their quality is okay, average, or good. We want to take what we think is what we're trying to do at at the uh, at the farm here and show what we you know what we're trying to accomplish and to be able to present that to people instead of just. You know, I always say, I know my dad sometimes has been like, hey, that boar's pretty good you got there. And I say, well, he's not really a show boar. Mm-hmm. Um, we yeah. might keep him here and breed him to a few sows. Um, and, you know, my dad, he's my dad's a guy that uh, likes to make money. <laughs> um, not that I don't, but, uh, <laughs> so who we, you know, who doesn't want to make money? But, you know, I've told him, well, you, you can get seven, eight hundred dollars out of that hog. And I don't know if that's necessarily a good thing if you're just taking a board every show. Right. So you, you kind of mm-hmm. want to take quality and what you think's going to, you know, people are going to accept, you know, and some of them aren't going to always be accepted, but if you're proud of that individual and you kind of want to show it off, I don't see a issue in that. So, so to the person listening that may have a board in his barn that he's may go to jackpot with, or may go to like world pork expo Louisville with, but may just keep him home what class in your mind what in your opinion classifies a show boar versus a breeding boar i think a show boar is is one i mean there there's a there's a fine uh, fine line there we we took lawless last year which is the boar that uh randy shipley bought there at uh, world pork expo we kept the the litter mate um and bread sows to him here and uh 
and and I think when we were kind of making that decision, um, one thing is is getting them hogs driven. Mm-hmm. I mean, you go right. to a show now, and it used to be you could go out there and and uh, beat them with a pipe and let them boards just get a board, sort board with you. Yeah, yeah. I mean that that and it's all kind of changed um, where guys are now using you know, whips to get these things driven. Right. I know some of them older guys that I respect always kind of make fun of guys <laughs> that are using a whip on a bore. They think that's, uh, I guess you, would they call us next generation kind of sissies for doing yeah, that. If you got right. your bore trained with a whip, you got a problem, but you know, several of them are doing that now. I know Kevin Ricker uses a whip. So if Kevin Ricker uses a whip, <laughs> anybody can use it. It's acceptable. So <laughs> yes, yes. Acceptable goes up when Kevin Ricker's doing that. So, um, but no, you know, some of them, you know, when you got a bore that maybe's going to fit the mold of what more people are trying to do than maybe what you're just trying to do at home. Mm-hmm. And I think that's what kind of deciphers what one needs to stay home and which one needs to be a show bore. Yeah. So that's a good point. Cool. I've always wondered that as a, as a enthusiast, uh, you know, I never raised hogs in my life. Always love showing them, judging them, whatnot. But as a as a show pig enthusiast, I've always kind of wondered the the concept of man. How do you know when you got the right boar? Uh, how do you know where to take him? And then and then obviously there's always the fear of the unknown. Like, is he going to crack a pad or come up? You know, like not going to eat anything right. like that. Yeah. They could just like totally ruin the operation. And and who who the people to call? When's the right time to say? Yeah, man, let's let's give a get a hold of Jim and Mike or let's get a hold of uh of Moyer or whoever and and try to see if they can come out and look at these things to see what no, we really you got. Bring up a, a good point there, Corey, and that and that's another thing that I didn't touch on is um when you got them boars that uh, are going to shows, uh, the, everyone I've ever took, I've felt comfortable with that boar going to the show and eating. Yeah, there's a few of them that I haven't taken because I know if that thing don't eat at the show, you know, his value is going to go down. It'll dry up. Yeah, it'll dry up everything. And and that's the worst feeling. I remember the first time I ever went to a show with a boar, uh, you know, I, I think I went to um, summer type and that boar did not want to eat. Mm-hmm. And, uh, you know, it was just it, you're almost kind of embarrassed, you know, because. Other people are getting their boars to eat, and but then heck, there's there's other guys that have had successful uh, runs with boars, and you have that issue. So now I kind of like if I'm going to take one, I need to make sure this thing's going to eat. Right. I need to make sure this thing's going to be sound and comfortable in a skeleton, and then go because there there's there's several boars that you know maybe get banged up, and that was another thing last year with above the sky the boar that we kept Learmate to Lawless is is uh, that hog kind of got banged up a little bit, kind of almost got like an ear infection, and that kind of just threw everything off mm-hmm. in his equilibrium. So then we were like, well, we can't take that one, you know. So, mm-hmm. And we knew that Lawless would get there and he would eat, and yeah. he'd be able to, you know, do what we needed to do to go to Expo. Hey, Trevor, I was but, just thinking back to our last episode uh, where we, you and I talked a little bit about uh, what it means to be humbled. I guess it was a few episodes back. But, episode, uh, yeah. but, but Seth, I do want to give you uh, uh, props for using the word humbling experience in, in the correct <clears throat> manner. Yeah. <laughs> yes. yes, it is. Uh, I don't know. Um, sometimes in this deal, it's. I think it's probably hard for some people to be humble. Yeah, yeah. no um, kidding. And and hats off to people. Everybody's different. Everybody's different in success. And I know I've had this conversation with a few buddies. And and speaking of the humbling thing is, my dad always tells me, he says, "Hey, this all can be taken away tomorrow." 
Yeah. And, uh, and you, you could be on top today and, and a year from now, everybody kind of forgets about you because well, this thing is so fast evolving. We're having two litters a year. I mean, you see it in the board deal where a board is just super hot. Then all of a sudden something new comes along and that's the new one. Right. And especially mm-hmm. on the crossbred side of things. And, you know, that's one thing that, you know, try to, you try to stay humble in this deal um, when you're having success. And, and the other thing is, is, um, nothing against any of us hog farmers or anything like that. But at the end of the day, we're pig farmers. Yeah. Um, we're not, uh, we're not singing in front of a hundred thousand people. <laughs> we're not, uh, you know, playing in March madness. You know, we're, we're just, uh, we're just ordinary people that are, you know, su- you know, uh, supplying for their family and supporting their family and that kind of stuff. So sometimes I'm like, you know, somebody will say that person's arrogant to me. And, you know, I'm like, well, I, and, and some people read things always the, can read things the wrong way. But yeah, at the same time, I'm like, Hey, we ain't rock stars. We ain't sports stars. We're just big people. That's yep. right. So oh, I like that. Hey, that's a good t-shirt design idea, by the way. Yeah. Well, speaking <laughs> of, uh, don't forget folks, we need a t-shirt design ideas. Make sure you send those in. We're getting some of them, but not enough. We need a couple more. Uh, and, and you're going to get some free gear out of this. Like, Head to toe. I mean, we don't have shoes, but uh, but you're going to get some stuff. So uh, we might dabble in socks. Oh, there you go. That's something to there think about. But hey, send in those uh, topic or those uh, t-shirt ideas, and uh, we'll put you in the drawing. Uh, so speaking of Corey, uh, there's a new segment that we brought up as power washing proverbs. And I was doing some power washing the other day and wrote down about four more. So we're loaded for at least another month. So, but hey, it's uh, I did mine last time. It's your turn this time. Uh, what you got? So something that's been on my mind is the and it actually kind of goes along a little bit of the, this episode. And we talked a little bit a few times about this. Um, but, you know, uh, the the young judges, uh, A, that are being. Um, not being used enough, or B, uh, the the young judges that maybe are biting off a little bit more they can chew, and they get opportunity to judge big shows, uh, and they probably don't deserve to be there. So, so my power washing proverb, I'm going to spin this off of the young guys that that should be getting bigger shows, but the young guys that get the big shows and are way in over their head or they, they know somebody that knows somebody that got on the job. Like I think until you earn your stripes to, to be on a, on a bigger stage, you ought to just sit back, be humble <laughs> and, and, and watch and learn from some of these older guys. Now I'm not trying to sound uh, contradictory to what I said previously, that we need to get some new fresh blood into some of these big major shows. Um, but, you know, when a guy gets to a certain age and a certain experience level, I think you ought to be doing some bigger shows and getting a, sh- getting a fair shake at it. But at the same time, there's a there's a lot. And I've seen this in a few different places where where guys are getting the opportunity to judge on a level that they do not deserve to be at. 
And so I think we ought to, we ought to sit back and take a look and, and maybe, uh, uh, see if we can't get, get some people involved to make the right kind of calls and decisions rather than passing out favors, uh, in that regard. So that's my power washing proverb, uh, my PP from CE, if you will. Okay. <laughs> No, so I, I guess I'll take a shake at that just to kind of add to that. I mean, uh, I, I think is just as much uh, the ones that are a little in over their head are just uh, there's just as many uh, that are waiting their turn to get in. Um, you know, and, and just speaking from my personal uh, opinion and experiences, I do a lot of just small county fairs, jackpot shows, whatever, uh, but I never treat one different than the other. Each one, mm-hmm. I go 150%, and uh, that is my job uh, to sort through those animals and efficiently and as professionally as possible. Uh, and I also never forget the fact that uh, little Susie and little Johnny are showing their animals to me that they've worked all summer uh, to get them there. So it is my job to make sure their time in that ring uh, is the best time and is equal time uh, as everybody else. Now, does that answer your question? No, but that's how I, uh, am earning my stripes per se. Um, you know, I hope to judge an expo or Louisville or Texas major like the rest of us, uh, evaluators, but you know, I don't mind, uh, going through the trenches a bit and earning my stripes because, um, there's a, some of my mentors have told me, uh, you, uh, you haven't made enough mistakes yet. And you got to kind of yeah. learn through that. So, um, but that's, that's my two cents to shake off what you said. Totally with you. Well, and, and that's the thing is, is we, we know it's funny. You say the, the little Susie and Johnny, maybe that, that uh, maybe that's all they do is they go to their County fair. But, you know, at some point in time, I'd like to think we've all been in those shoes first time out, or maybe it's the first couple years, um, and, and maybe you haven't really established yourself with a, with a good br- program or breeder, but you know, that's, that's those kids summer. I mean, they work exactly hard to be there. So, you know, as you're getting running through the trenches, it's kind of important to remember that you've got to stick, uh, stick to your guns, no matter what show you're at. And also don't be afraid to take the little shows. Yep, because every every single show you take is just another stepping stone on the path to to the to the bucket list. Right. So, what's your thoughts, Seth? Um, I agree. I mean, uh, with you talking, you know, some people, and it's a. I always tell people, especially at the jackpot level, especially here in Ohio, with this OH pigs thing growing and growing and growing. Um. You know, you get some of those younger judges that you're thinking, how how in the world did they get here? Mm-hmm. Um, how did they get this show? And, and why aren't we having this person? Why aren't we having this that person? And, uh, you know, like, you, you know, you, you look at some of these bigger shows and, um, you know, and it's each to interpretation, I guess, of if, is what you think why somebody's um, – able to you know judge that show that big and who isn't able to judge that show that big i mean that's the thing i I talked to several guys and uh, i think and especially in my thing i I talked to several older guys um that i have great deal of respect for that maybe aren't just necessarily what i would call the young guys uh you know a little bit more of the um you know almost bare guys i'd call them 
um, jackpot guys. Yeah. And, uh, you know, they'll say, well, you know, so-and-so, I don't think anybody should judge a show unless they got this many of sales. And, uh, some guys, you know, say, well, they didn't go to school. Why, why are they getting to judge a show? Right. And, uh, mm-hmm. and it's kind of, you know, there's, a, there's both things in there because I, I think there's guys that, um, you know, I, I don't know if Brian Arnold's got one sow or not. Um, right. Yeah. That's a good point. But I, I yeah. always say, you know, when people tell me sows, I always say, I don't think Brian Arnold's got sows. But I don't yeah. know if you're going to see anybody more talented to ever sort of stock <laughs> yeah. show than Brian Arnold, in my opinion. That's right. my opinion. Right. Yeah. Um, and, the, and there's some guys that you can go down. And, and then you got guys like Jim and Mike McCoy who are, you know, Mike went to school and, and he did judging school. And then, and then he's got, you know, 120 sows at home. Right. You know, I don't know if you get a better resume than that. Yeah. Um, yeah. Right. And, and, and this whole thing, and, and I always go back, and it's and, and I got a good buddy up north, um, AJ Ginner, and uh, AJ's been a big proponent of mine to getting me to judge the shows that I've gotten to judge. And AJ's somebody that probably needs to judge every show mm-hmm. in America. And, and the main reason is AJ is never going to. He's another one that maybe he didn't go to college to do it, but AJ is going to do an honest job and he's going to do what he thinks is the best, the best pig, whether it's, uh, you know, not the crowd favorite, he's going to pick what he thinks is the best one. And AJ is a prime example to where, um, that guy doesn't need this. Yeah. Right. I mean, he's got his, his banking job and his shavings and he's raising dogs and whatever else he's doing, you know, yeah. um, maybe he probably sells kids if, if he got enough money out of it. But, uh, <laughs> but I mean, you know, he doesn't necessarily need it where sometimes you, you feel like guys, like you're saying, it's who they know and how they got there. And, but I also think, you know, that's kind of what makes this whole pig thing unique mm-hmm. is mm-hmm. that there's so many different opinions, whether they're right, wrong or indifferent. You can be at a jackpot show on Saturday and you can win that thing. And on Sunday you can get the gig. Yeah, and the yeah. There's not many stock, you know, animal shows that you can do that. Right. I mean, normally when I got several families that kind of dabble into the goats and they said, well, there's this one goat, there's these three goats that have won every show mm-hmm. that have been in the top five. And the same thing with the steer deal. Well, this pick deal is a little different. It is. And, uh, you know, I think we're somewhat at a transition period where, you know, some guys will say, well, them younger guys want them choke throated and, you know, tall as giraffes and neat looking. And, and then you get some of these guys that are maybe in their 50s and then they're talking about production and right. rib and body. So it's, um, you know, I, I think that is kind of what makes this whole deal unique in the hogs is there is different points of views. Pigs do change a lot quicker. Um, you know, that's another thing where, you know, sometimes a pig that's, that's fifth in class at a, at a district show wins a major stock. Show right. Yeah. Because mm-hmm. these things change quicker than Daily. these other species yep. do. Yeah. I mean, there's days <clears throat> I go out when you got to, we're having an online sale here and, and I, you know, there, there's a couple of them that you're like, I love that thing ever since he got on the chips. And then you don't, you kind of overlook this one that keeps coming yeah, and coming right. and, you know, the next day they're, they're kind of changed. Well, that one's my, no, I guess, you know, so. Or you throw them online and then the one that kept coming outsells the one that yes, you always yes, love. Exactly. I mean, that's yeah. the thing. And uh, I think that's what makes this whole show pig thing interesting because there's so many different opinions. Um, and then I think when these families jackpot, they don't feel like, hey, we're never going to be able to get there. Right. And yeah. I think that's why the show pig deal is 
has thrived, you know, maybe out of frustration for, for some of us on Saturday and, um, you know, and then on Sunday we feel, feel like it's, it's going good. So true. Yeah. I mean, that's kind of how I see that, um, you know, you know, with these show judges and, you know, how some of these things, I think the biggest thing to get for young people to do what they want to do, if they, if they want to judge lots of stock shows is, is to like Trevor said, judge a lot of those County fairs. Um, I know that's kind of what I had to do coming through and, and I'm not somebody that, uh, exactly came through the ranks like, like a lot of them. Um, but you know, I had some of the right people, um, which Corey said, you know, some of them get the right people. Maybe, maybe I've had some of the right people. <laughs> so, um, but I've had some good guys that have been good friends of mine and, and the McCoys and AJ Ginner and, and, uh, and a few other guys that have really, you know, kind of helped me get some of those judging jobs. And you have to have that because you have to have the respect of those people to kind of give you that. They're on your resume. Yes. yes just word of yeah. mouth resume. Yes. Yes. So what, uh, do you have any shows lined up or, um, I think in August, I mean, at several, I got a few jackpots, um, mm-hmm. this summer, um, probably not doing as many County fairs as I once did. I know last year I did like 24 or five. Yeah. Um, and, and with having an 18 month old and Eli and football and, and I said, pull probably, back the reins yes, a little pull bit. Back the reins a little bit. Um, got the Indiana State Fair, which me and AJ Ginner did a year ago. Yeah. Supposed to do that one again. Yep. Um, and then there's there's a Jack Potter's two there in uh, uh, Texas this fall that I got to do. So oh, cool. um, that's kind of where I'm at on that that judging thing. So good deal. I remember the uh, Indiana that the report on that was pretty good. I thought that was. Uh, very well represented the Ohio, state of Ohio state in Indiana. Of Ohio. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, and that, and that's the thing. You always uh, that's probably my wife says that's probably my either it's my biggest uh, downfall or it's it's my uh, biggest positive is sometimes I don't I don't let a lot of things bother me. So if somebody says, "Well," because nobody at the end of the day nobody's going to be happy. And, and right. I listened to to Mark Hogue there at San Antonio, and he said, "Man, when I was twenty two years old, I thought I had every everybody was my friend." <laughs> and he said, then yeah. I started judging stock shows and nobody was my friend. Right. <laughs> you know? So, and, and that's a, that's a thing that you kind of realize when you do start judging, got to be a little bit thick skin because at the end of the day, you are going to make somebody mad. And, and there again, when we're, when people are putting the amount of money and time and effort into these projects and they don't win a show that they thought they were going to win. It, I mean, it, it can, it can, I know there's times me as a show dad and you, go to the show and you think you got the one or you ought to have been higher than you did. There's a moment where you're like, gosh, that's a, that's a punch in the gut. Oh yeah. Yep, you yeah. Know, and you're like, I'm done. I quit. Never do this yeah. again. <laughs> I, I don't kind of like golf. Yes. This guy's an idiot. I don't want to, don't ever show to him again. And, and, and as a parent, I think we have to, all parents, you know, I, I might think that in my head and, and I always tell my son, I said, Hey, Eli, if you're upset, Go back to the barn or when we get into the truck or the trailer, it's just us. Let's talk why you got beat and let's go, go on about it. Mm-hmm. You know, there, there's 10 minutes. You got to be frustrated. If you put your heart mm-hmm. and soul in this, you're going to be upset when you get beat, when you think you got a good one, Yeah, but it's just part of it. And if, if the guys tell you why you get beat, I, I always tell him, I said, Hey, if they call the fault out, there's no reason to debate. It. Nothing you can do. If your hog is skinny chested, 
and they call him skinny Cheston, and that's why they beat you. That's fine. Yeah. Right. I said, don't get upset about it. Now, you know, I understand there's times that, you know, maybe a judge says something and, you know, even as a parent and, a, and as somebody that does, does judge some hoax shows, you sometimes think, well, that's, that's not what I'm seeing. But there again, it's an opinion. You got to take it for what it's worth and, and move on. And that, like, like you said earlier, this whole deal is based on an opinion. Yes. I mean, I tell my families that we think this hog's really good. All of us in this room right now think this one in front of us is really good. But at the end of the day, we're taking him to somebody to evaluate him. And it's yes. their opinion that matters. And I know Andy Rash kind of brought that up there a couple of years ago at Indiana State Fair. It's kind of sick. And, you know, that we do put this much effort into one person's opinion. Yep. And, yep. I mean, that, that's yeah. all it is. It's an opinion on that day. And, and that's what I tell my son is when we're picking out state fair pigs or hogs for certain things, I always say, that one might be our favorite. Mm-hmm. That one might be our favorite. But the guy that's going to be sorting them, that's not necessarily his kind. Yep. And I mean, that's what mm-hmm. you got to ask as a show judge is consistency. And yeah, that might not be what everybody else wants. Right. But if this guy wants to talk about this and he likes him this way, you know, I said, you, you have to kind of, you have to kind of go to, you got to kind of fit to what the judge wants. Yeah. I yep. mean, you can't take mm-hmm. a, um, you know, a skinny, no good one or, you know, one that's frail or to some of these guys, cause they're going to beat it. And you can't take a, you know, kind of a jug headed stout productive hog to somebody that's, uh, you know, 25 years old and they want to talk about, you know, having them good looking. So, right. Yep. Good way to look at things. Yes. I hope. <laughs> <laughs> no, I, well, the, the deal here is, you know, What's what's cool about this whole thing, and, and you guys mentioned it before, is there's such a variation of opinion on how these things need to look and be raised. But I think the ultimate goal uh, would be to have have the right right pig to the right judge at the right moment. And yeah. if it happens, that's great. If it doesn't, I think the big thing that I you know, and, and I've learned to be a little bit more even keel over the years. Like and like you said, like if somebody calls out you know, a piece of piece of livestock on the mic and says, this is a problem I have with this one. And you get beat bingo. That's fine. Then, mm-hmm. and, and you gotta, you gotta be frustrated. Like, man, wish we would have brought a different one or wish we would have been okay there for him, but we weren't, you know, so, all right, move on. Let's go to the next show. Yep. So, exactly. so, so Seth, the, the, the tough brain busting question is where do you see the show stock industry in five years? Oh, that is a hard question. How some of these guys answered that? Good, bad. It's all across. It's this is why we ask everybody. Okay. <coughs> I, I personally, this is what I've been telling people because a lot of people have been saying this spring is, and I've talked to a couple people, and uh, you know that, like I've said that I that well, I know we had one question maybe about guiding you through this thing. There's 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 a few guys that I talked to and. You know, Mike McCoy's one that I that I talked to kind of about this stuff. Uh, Kevin Ricker, um, definitely uh, AJ Ginner, and and uh, we we kind of talked. Where where is this going to be? You know, mm-hmm. I know a lot of people thought, hey, this this thing's going to die. You know, farming is, you know, we got three dollar corn now, right. um, and, and and farming's a big proponent of making this deal go. Oil field money. I mean, we have yeah. to we have to be honest. Um, these are these are things that makes this show pig industry go because at the end of the day this stock show thing is for for the bulk of these people ninety five percent of us um, not necessarily here but ninety five percent this is a hobby mm-hmm. so you got to make people 
spend money with their hobby. And I said, but what I am seeing in the, in the show stock world, and, and I kind of make fun of this is, is I think more and more people are getting involved in this deal is, uh, and not yeah. to, not to make a joke of it, but more and more people, I don't know if people are realizing that they're not re- raising LeBron James. Yeah. And, uh, you know, <laughs> because I know when I was a kid, I mean, it was all about sports. Let's get our kids in sports. Right. Let's go AAU. You know, I know when I was in high school, I, you know, like I talked, I didn't maybe, I showed at the County fair. I never showed at the state fair. Um, I I showed at one jackpot show my whole career. Uh-huh. Um, I never won nothing at my county fair. I get on my dad a little bit about that because I probably put, you know, said, hey, he, he was green and reserve his last year, and I never won nothing. And Eli's <laughs> been able to to have success at our county, and I guess it just kind of skipped me. But I, I think people are realizing that I, I see it as a positive in the next five years. Mm-hmm. I, I think this thing's going to keep growing. Um and in doing so, you're seeing more and more kids, especially in the Midwest. Hey, they're not playing sports anymore, right? You know, I still think sports is a, is a big thing of of making these kids, uh, you know, learn how to do this thing. But yet, at the same time, this is kind of a sport. There's several families that I'm dealing with now. Kids aren't playing sports. Right. This this is their sport. This is what they want to do as a family. I got a very good customer of mine that uh, he had a houseboat, and he says I spent. $10,000 a year just on fuel to drive this thing around Lake Erie. He said, but oh, I feel like I can make this show pig thing where my grandkids are. It's something we're going to remember. They're going to remember for the rest of their life yep. with me. Yep. And maybe they wouldn't remember the houseboat or, you know, maybe they would, but it's not going to sit in there when you do it as a family in the stock show thing. Um, I think it hits, it, it just hits more at home. Um, for these people and and then in doing so you're able to um you know have success in this thing and i mean you see it more and more i mean i know when i did that winter jackpot circuit there in ohio um last year there was 185 entries i mm-hmm. think they told me there was 427 yeah on a friday yeah. night the show that started <laughs> at eight o'clock yeah it's 14 degrees outside and people are traveling from six different states yeah to do a winter jackpot that tells me in the next five years um, that this deal is going to keep growing. Mm-hmm. And like I said, I think this deal is going to grow from an industry standpoint is that we do have many different opinions when these guys are sorting them. Mm-hmm. And when these people, there isn't just one family um, that is absolutely dominating the show and people feel like they have an opportunity to get into the top five or get granted reserve. I think that only opens this thing up to making people feel like they have a legitimate shot to, to win a show. And, and there again, I think, yeah, we see pigs bringing 15, 20,000, 30,000 in the Southwest, these bears. And, and that is insane. But yet at the same time, there's still pigs that are sold for four, five hundred, three hundred dollars that can win a major stock show. Absolutely. You don't mm-hmm. get that in lambs. You don't get that in steers. You don't get that, but you can get that in pigs. So, I think that's why this deal, um, this show stock industry is only going to keep growing, especially on the hog side of things. Um, you know, I know, I know the goats are, you know, it, it's going to continue to grow too, but it's, it's tough. I, I think in some of those species, what some of those things are bringing um, as a whole. Absolutely. Well, Seth, uh, thanks for having me down here. It's been a absolute blast. And uh, I think uh, Corey, we're going to go uh, sort through some boars 
here and see oh, what he's got. So uh, there you go. Um, it's been a uh, it's been a lot of fun to to sit here and talk with Seth, uh, my doppelganger. Now that you know what that is, yes, <laughs> yes. I'm, I probably got thirty pounds on you, maybe, and uh, <laughs> I put on some winter weight. Uh, no, but uh, hey, I appreciate you jumping on and taking time out of your evening. So uh, thanks again, man. Yes, thanks for having yeah. me, guys. Thanks, Seth. So uh, to our audience listening, uh, just a reminder, Trevor hit on a little bit earlier, got the T-shirt design contest going on. Keep up with that. Make sure that you continue to like, share, and and follow us uh, on all of our social media platforms, Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, and add us on Snapchat. We enjoy the using the Snapchat platform. Uh, hopefully this summer we'll be able to take it on the road a little bit and get a little bit more interactive with you guys. So, um, make sure that, uh, you know, if you like what you heard, send us some, send us some positive feedback. If you don't like what you heard, uh, we don't care. So don't talk to us. Um, <laughs> uh, but you know, without you guys, we're nothing, um, continue to, to follow along with us and enjoy the ride. Hey guys. And again, uh, don't be afraid. Uh, if you see us at a show, it's almost show season, uh, don't be afraid to stop one of us and uh, and just chat because that's what it's all about. And uh, sending those graphic tees, I'm really anxious to see what we can get done there. Uh, it's going to be a heck of a lot of fun. And also, uh, while you're on social media, see how much you think Seth and I look alike. I'm really kind of pumped about that <laughs> to see what people <laughs> say. So, hey, guys, thanks for tuning in to another edition of Stock Talk. 